Build a stunning band website in minutes with Bandzoogle. Go to Bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Branville, and as always, joined by Jay Gilbert. How you doing this morning, Jay? Great. Good morning, Michael. So, I don't know, do we have any housekeeping stuff? I want to do a little shout-out to all of our sponsors, but anything else Please. we need to, to give... A shout out to I don't think so. So let's just get into yeah. it. So let's get into let's it. get into some of our sponsors here. Huge shout out and thank you as always to hypebot.com and bandsintown.com yeah. for everything you do to to support us and spread the word. Um, it means a lot to us. And of course, every week we are brought to you by bandzoogle.com. Built by musicians for musicians, Banzoogle's an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and or EPK for your music. Although, I was just thinking of this yesterday, Jay. What's your quick opinion on this? Isn't a website just an EPK? Yeah. It I really mean, is. We, we had an artist recently <laughs> ask us, like, well, who's going to handle the EPK? And we're like, it's we kind of your kinda website. everything right here. We have a media page. Yeah, you know, if they need that stuff. But look, I, I've built two sites now. I'm working on my third with Banzoogle. And man, I'm just having the greatest time. It is so easy. Once you get in there and see kind of the cool templates and you can move things around, you got to check it That's out. way to go. Yep. Banzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. Yeah. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including hosting and a custom domain name. Dozens of fully customizable templates, as you just mentioned. Tools to sell your music and merchandise commission-free. Brand new fan club subscriptions that are commission-free. Crowdfunding services that are commission-free. Which is really important considering, you know, Pledge Music is gone. There's nobody else that's just focused on music crowdfunding. Yeah. And Um, the key there is your commission-free. Commission-free, exactly. (laughs) Um, they've got mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, social media integrations, and of course, amazing live tech support from their musician friendly team seven days a week. So here's the special offer we got for all of our listeners and viewers out there. Head over to bandzoogle.com, try it, sign up, try it for 30 days for free. But when you sign up, use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY, all one word, MUSICBIZWEEKLY, and you'll get 15% off the first year of any subscription that you pick at Banzoogle.com. So write that down. Promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY. Sign up. Put that in. 30 days free. 15% off your first year of any subscription. And, of course, DiscMakers.com, thank you so much for all of your support. We know it's a digital world, and there's, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's independent musicians. Digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CDs, vinyl, T-shirts at gigs has become so important. Just yep. talk, I just talked to an artist this week about that, and he's just like, yeah, you know, we... we got to sell merchandise at every show i mean that's what puts money in our pockets yeah um that's right for every cd you sell at a gig you might need roughly three thousand streams to make the same amount of money and that's a lot of streams that's a lot of marketing that's a lot of work 
Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. So here's the special offer we've got for you if you're interested in DiscMakers.com. Head over to DiscMakers.com, put in an order for 100 or more CDs, which isn't a lot. You blow through those pretty quickly if you're doing shows and selling them on your own website. 100 or more CDs. Use the promo code FREEBIZ, all one word, no spaces, FREEBIZ, and you'll get free shipping on your order up to $150 value. Good deal. So discmakers.com, order, place an order for CDs of 100 or more, put in that promo code FREEBIZ, save on your shipping costs. So Awesome. Great guest coming this joining us yeah. this week. Somebody yeah. that you and I have both dealt with uh, for me yeah. many years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Zach Zalen, um, CEO, co-founder of Super Hi-Fi. Um, he's started several companies that you've probably heard of, you know, uh, Virgin Digital being the one that you and I know him from. Um, but this is a pretty exciting platform and could be a dif- differentiator going forward. Yeah, it's a, it's a very cool technology, very cool idea of what they're, what they, not even attempting, they're, they are doing it. They've got players oh, yeah, out there doing they're it. They're in so it. Yeah. Let it roll. Listen to Zach. Let us know what you think about Super Hi-Fi. We'll see you at the end. Today's guest is Zach Zalen, uh, CEO, co-founder um, of Super Hi-Fi, um, former head of Virgin Digital, and kind of uh, Zach, you're kind of a serial entrepreneur, you know, with Super Hi-Fi, We See Dragons, Wilshire Media Group, Factory Network. Uh, welcome to uh, our show today, and uh, excited to kind of talk to you about what you've been up to. Thank you very much. I'm really glad to be here. So, what's going on with Super Hi-Fi? I mean. I've I've reported on it. I, I've seen some things going on, but I, you know, just from what your website says, uh, you know, we use artificial intelligence to help music experience partners, and, and I love that. Like, what what kind of music experience partners are you dealing with? So maybe what would help is just a little bit of background context, because sure. that sure. that'll kind of ma- help it make more sense. Because I think that without that, maybe the the technology is kind of this you know, this ethereal thing up in the cloud that doesn't really have much meaning. Um, So yeah, you mentioned some of the companies that I've, that I've started in the past, Uh, but actually the, my career is really kind of broken into a couple of different primary areas. So my business partner and I met a little bit more than 20 years ago uh, as the first two employees of a short lived uh, online music venture that Jimmy Iovine started called farmclub.com. Yep. I remember that. Amanda Marks yeah. was there. I helped That's with right. that a little bit. Yep, I know. That's right. Amanda was amazing. She was actually the person that brought the two of us in and actually introduced us. And awesome. um, we loved being there. I mean, it was amazing, but we had some very specific visions about how streaming music, which was really very nascent at the time, oh, yeah. would have the potential to allow us to bring kind of a radio-like programming sensibility into a much higher quality world. And um, we went over and started a division of Virgin called Virgin Digital for Richard Branson and built up all of the digital music assets for the Virgin Group over about seven or eight years, where we ran that as executives of the company um, and had a great time doing that. When the mega stores were going to go under, if you guys remember mm-hmm. yeah. back 12 Big or 13 box. or so years ago, 
Um, we spun out, the team actually of Virgin Digital spun out. We started a digital agency to do for others what we had been doing for Branson. And what we really wanted to focus on was bringing these really amazing dynamic digital music experiences to market. And so we ended up engineering a whole host of music services. So we built all the CBS radio platform, back end, front end, and operated that. We built AOL radio and Yahoo Launchcast back when those were brands that really mattered. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the products that we were most proud of is a product called Move Music for Cricket Wireless when they hired sure. our agency to design and develop a digital music subscription service for low-income consumers who really weren't participating in the legal music side of things. And we grew that into about three and a half million paying customers on that service before Cricket sold it to AT&T. So we, we really love the digital music space. It's been a really big part of what we've done. But the way we grew our agency was ultimately to kind of branch out from just digital music. Um, as you would expect, we kind of, you know, got interested in seeing how big we can grow the agency. And so we we ended up doing all kinds of interesting and very large products that we designed and developed, engineered and, and operated for companies such as Johnson & Johnson's Global Digital Diabetes Platform Management Service or all of National Geographic's global apps for mobile um, or the sports platforms for Madison Square Garden, the Knicks and the Rangers, or even financial services platforms for Citibank and Experian. Um, and, and we grew quite sizable as a company, but what, what we learned doing all of that was something really interesting. And it actually harkened back to our digital music roots, um, in a very big way. And the thing that we learned and the thing that we talk about a lot, and the reason why I'm talking to you guys about it is that the way that these services, whether it's Johnson and Johnson in health whether it's Citibank and financial services or National Geographic in nature photos, the way that these guys actually create real brand loyalty was by being really differentiated from anything else in the market and for standing for something, right? So they stand for something mm -hmm. and they focus on what makes them really uniquely different. And creating those kinds of brand experiences for companies is what allows companies like uh, Harley Davidson to get people to tattoo a logo right on their arm. Yeah. Right? Or it's what gets people at Johnson & Johnson is more appropriate because we did a lot of work for them. It's why there are multi-generational um, uh, family experiences with J&J &J, where people will only buy J&J &J diapers or J&J &J Johnson, you know, baby lotion. And then right up to the point where they're elderly, where they're basically relying on Johnson & Johnson-owned um, pharmaceuticals, that's a lifetime of experience that somebody is willing to have with their brand. And it's only because they have this differentiating set of characteristics and they really stand for something. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to pause for a moment just to first of all, make sure that that made any, any yeah. of sense. And then I'll kind of describe why we're doing super hi-fi and how the heck we got into this in the first yeah. place. No, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. Yeah. We had the author of this book fanocracy on recently, and it's echoing a lot of the things that you're saying that, you know, how do these artists and brands connect? Well, they become, you know, more of a lifestyle. They become much bigger than just the product, but yeah, please continue. So, um, so we saw this, but we, we don't love, with all due respect, we don't love nature pictures. We're not passionate about diabetes management. Um, we are passionate about digital music. It's what got our, my business partner and I to work together in the first place 20 years ago. It's, it's what we always end up kind of wanting to go back to. And we kind of felt that, you know, we're better off focusing on something we're deeply passionate about and started to turn our attention to the digital music landscape a few years ago. 
by asking the question with all these things that we've learned about what makes these brands really attractive and creating lifelong partnerships, relationships with their customers, what in the digital music space is actually different and what do any of these guys actually stand for? Right. Right. And, and the one place that we could find that actually kind of spoke to differentiation was actually broadcast radio, not digital music services. Like, like if you listen to any digital music service today through a smart speaker, do you really know who you're listening to? There's, there's no visual interface to identify it. Um, and so there's so much sameness in that space. There's only two choices we thought. One was that people would figure out ways of differentiating through the content that they have and the experiences they, they provide, kind of like broadcast radio, but with all the benefits of direct delivery. Mm -hmm. Or they'll stay the same, and then it's just going to be a race to the bottom on price. And we believe really strongly in the potential for these services to differentiate. And so we started to invest in a platform that could help others to put that vision to, to bring that vision to life, to, to bring it to market. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how the, the idea of Super Hi-Fi started. The thought that, look, these digital music services are exactly the same. They all have the same music. They all have the same fidelity. They're basically the same price. Yep. When you listen to them, it is a song and then a five-second gap of silence, and then a song, and then another five-second gap of silence, and then maybe an ad. And we thought that the digital music services of tomorrow will have different content. So it could be uh, sonic branding, voices like, like DJs, but done in a very different contextual way, sonic logos, news snippets, podcast elements, all these things that weave in, and that it needed to be delivered in a way that was really smooth, that was very highly professionally done the way that radio does, where the gaps are, are, are no longer there, but instead what you have are these beautiful, artful transitions. Um, or where the content is actually brought in at the proper volume level and stitched in, so it sounds like somebody actually spent time in a studio putting care and attention sure. into this. Um, but it didn't exist. And so what we started by building was what ultimately became the world's most powerful artificial intelligence to understand content with the same depth and dexterity as a human DJ. So it can make those production and presentation decisions in real time for each person that's listening to it. Gotcha. I, I, I love that because for, for many years, I've, I've got associates and friends in terrestrial radio, the traditional radio world. I've spoken at radio conventions. And, you know, they're always like, oh, my God, how do we compete against the streaming services? How do we compete against iTunes? How do we compete against podcasts? And I always said, because I came in from the music side, not as a radio DJ, I said, you guys can't, you'll never be able to compete at the level of music. You've lost on that. I can go to Spotify, and Spotify will play exactly every song I love. I absolutely love. But what you can compete on, which these services don't have, is personality. The DJs, what happens between the songs, somebody adding commentary to it. And, and unfortunately, as we all know, radio is getting rid of all their personalities and trying to automate everything. And I'm like, at the end of the day, a traditional radio station will never give me better music selection than I can get from Apple Music or Spotify. 
So right. give but it's me a different what they, experience. It's a different experience, but you know, radio and, and, and this is what I would love to see the digital services transition to is how do you bring that personality into, how do you bring that personality into a playlist? Great. You've, you've totally. nailed the music, but there's no personality. There's no connection. Yeah. And Zach, to your point, even, you know, it's not all music. People are weaving in podcasts. People are weaving in, you know, with these smart speakers, you know, we can check our weather. We can have little news updates and things. And we grew up in that era where, man, those those DJs were rock stars, but that was a whole in immersive experience. You'd put on that channel that got you and they would, there was discovery. There was your, you know, your comfort food. There was that relationship, that engagement with that DJ or that station. And that's, you're right. It's, it's missing from today. And there's a couple of things you can do. You know, you can set your uh, DSP to kind of overlap the songs, but that doesn't really work that well. And then some of these smart speakers have screens, but a lot of the time you're not in front of that screen. You're in your car, you're at the gym, you're whatever. So wrapping all of this up into kind of a more immersive experience makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'll tell you, there's actually a couple of different pieces to it. So, um, for starters, this, it, it is our assertion that mm. the techniques of radio not radio itself, but the techniques of radio are actually really important with respect to building a relationship with your customers and giving them emotional experiences, not just practical ones. And I think the best example of that is that in any major market, any major market, there's always two or more radio stations that play the exact same <laughs> right. catalog of music. And yet one of those stations is invariably doing twice the revenue per year or twice the average quarter hour of listeners. Well, why is that? It's because one has done a more effective job of building a relationship with yep. their listeners, using the voices and the other ancillary content to great effect to make it something that that listener can't live without and isn't willing to switch the dial, even though the music is the same. So that's, the, that's one of the proof points that we have. We believe that will manifest itself in the digital sphere as well. Because again, I think Spotify is fantastic. But when you listen to it and you're listening to an artist, your relationship at that moment is with the artist and not with the service that it's deliver that's delivering right. it to you. Yeah. But I will actually tell you that there is a piece of this that we think is kind of missing. So we had come up with this thesis a few years ago about radio techniques being really important. We've been out actually talking to the services for a long time about this now to try and kind of convince them that this vision is what's going to work for them. And what we're starting to see is our story get told by others as they're starting to bring some of these things in. So Spotify is bringing some podcast and news snippets in there. Amazon Music is bringing some news snippets in there. It's great. But it's not just the content. It's actually the presentation matters too. So you talked about you know turning on DSP to stitch the songs together. Well, those are those are called crossfades, and they are not they don't understand the music that underpins it. So it's just one global setting. What we've actually found is that consumers don't like crossfade because it turns these things into train wrecks. But here's an interesting statistic: um, our first test with a large partner when we when we signed somebody up was we took four hundred thousand listeners randomly on their Android application, and we assigned them randomly to a couple of cohorts. One group of people, 200,000 or so, that had the service turned off, 
And 200,000 people, 200, people or so that had our service turned on were all it was doing was stitching the songs together, but using the AI. So every transition was perfectly right for just that pairing of songs. And you would think, okay, well, what's really the difference? I mean, it's the same two songs as one has nice overlaps and proper transitions and one doesn't. The difference was when we turned our technology on, the people listened for more than 10, sorry, not more than, almost 10% more than the other group. And we randomly kept shuffling people back and forth between these cohorts to test to make sure that it was working the same way, and it did every time. And what that indicates to us is that in addition to having these personalities and this content that builds the relationship, you also have to treat your customers as listeners, right, as customers, and not just as subscribers. And that means actually giving them a great audio experience, making sure that the way that the thing is actually delivered to people is artful and carefully considered and not just slapped together with large gaps and volume differences right. and these things that make it a disjointed experience. And so for us, we put as much, if not more energy into the science of how to actually use artificial intelligence to deliver those automatically. than we have even to the vision of how the content yeah. used to bring these experiences to life because it's so critical. I, I'd love to hear that. It makes perfect sense to me because radio does that. YouTube does that with some of the autoplay things. But it's shocking when you're trying to listen to music and you're into it. Radio is so good at those transitions and overlaps, and it keeps you there and engaged. But when you do have those big breaks, and sometimes because of a silence on an intro, for example, it may be even longer than five seconds. And sometimes it's, it's jarring and it reminds you, oh, maybe I need to do something else or <laughs> you're, you know, you're less engaged. We, we have this. So iHeart is one of our, our customers. They are fantastic. And actually their head of their, their um, chief product officer calls those moments of decision. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. These big giant Makes gaps sense. where you might decide to do something else. And what yeah, you end up finding else is when you close the moments of decision, what you've now created is this kind of tapestry of a listening experience that weaves into whatever it is that you're doing. You're listening to music while you're driving. You're listening to music while you're working on a spreadsheet or writing something on a document or doing your email Mm -hmm. or whether you're just kind of chilling out. Music is something that you do while you do something else. And so taking care of those breaks in a really nice way that respects the music and respects the listeners seems to actually have a quantitative impact in the experience that people are having. And so that, that's what super hi-fi. Yeah. Is. That makes that's a lot of super sense. Hi-Fi does. And to kind of come full circle to your original point about being serial entrepreneur, um, our agency was fantastic. We did that for, you know, 12 or 13 or so years under the two brands that you mentioned, both Wilshire media group and we see dragons, which were effectively the same company with two brands. This has been essential enough and attractive enough to us. It's something that we are so deeply passionate about that when we were finished developing it, we realized that we needed to dedicate 100% of our attention to getting it out into the marketplace. And so this is what we do full time. This is our 100% effort is to make sure that we can help these digital services and their listeners to up-level the experience. And, you know, the hope is, of course, that they use our technology to do that. Okay, so that begs the question. I mean, when can I experience this on Deezer and Amazon and you know Spotify and or, Apple or, Music? Or, or and- right now, where could we go to experience this? You mentioned iHeart. Yeah, so um, so iHeart has rolled this out on their Android platform internationally, and and slowly we're rolling it out on their iOS products. 
Um, Peloton has actually integrated our AI to manage the transitions of their songs well, because they sense. were seeing standard crossfades weren't doing a very good job of helping the energy to manage itself in between songs while you're on some sort of high intensity ride. Sure. Um, and we're working yeah. on some really great roadmap stuff with them in, in their, in their future. We um, have announced a partnership with Napster to integrate into, oh, they're actually the largest B2B service provider of digital music. I don't think a lot of people knew that. Yeah. Um, we've announced a partnership with target spot to integrate their global advertising platform into our delivery mechanism. So ads, can also stitch in really nicely and start sounding great. We've announced a very nice content partnership with the Associated Press for their news content and a deep strategic partnership with Universal Music Group, which has been really excellent because they're actually really, surprisingly, as a record label, they're very strategic innovators in terms of the thinking about what's going to happen in digital music. And then we have announcements that are coming out for other consumer products over the coming couple of months that we think will will you know help to continue to tell our story of the trajectory that we're having you know but for us it's just it's it's just a matter of consistently being out there and consistently talking to people like you guys yeah about this vision that we have for how differentiation is ultimately going to help to allow these services to become successful and multi-generationally successful and as each of these starts to come to our view which slowly but surely it seems like they are then we have an opportunity to talk to them and, and hopefully help them to bring that view, that vision to, act, to life in their service in the way that's best for them. That's our goal as a business. Well, will Super Hi-Fi always be the underlying technology on somebody else's brand? Or do you imagine Super Hi-Fi being its own service at some point in time where users tune in and listen to Super Hi-Fi? Um. Pretty unequivocally, we're always going to be an underlying brand. We're a B2B service, but we're talking about it as a business-to-consumer type of thing primarily because, you know, talking about the underlying B2B mechanics is just not – it doesn't really do justice to what our long-term goal is. Right. Our goal is to help digital music services that already do great things mm -hmm. to create different types of consumer relationships that are uniquely their own. Um, yeah. There are services out there that are amazing at programming digital music. We're not music programmers per se. There are services that have brands that are really e exciting and deeply connected um, to their customer, Deezer, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, et cetera, Pandora. Um, what we do is one very focused thing, and that's what we want to keep doing. Yeah, but it's to your point, yeah, to, I'm sorry, to ahead. your point, it it strikes me as that differentiator in a world where everybody's kind of the same, right? They all have about 50 million tracks. They're all adding about, you know, 40,000 a day or whatever it is. And they're kind of the same. And maybe somebody will have an exclusive. Maybe somebody won't. But for the most part, you know, they're all the same. What will set one apart from the other and make it that engaging experience? And I think, you know, with Super Hi-Fi, that will take one of these DSPs and really set them aside. And it strikes me as maybe even like for a Napster or somebody who's not maybe the largest player in the space, it could help them to grow their base. We, we think so, but we also think that there's a lot of room for different services to have a different way of applying similar techniques. I mean, KISS FM and K-Rock in Los Angeles sound radically different from one another. Radically. There's just, it's unbelievable that, you know, it's not just the music they play, it's their production style, the voices they use, the content their personality. that they use. Yeah. That formatics are so radically different that it's surprising that they're both radio 
music experiences. But if you go into the studio, they're using the same technology to do it. Yeah. The creativity of this is one side of it. And then the technology to bring it to life is the other side of it. We're focused on the technology because that's actually the most complicated aspect of it. It is not easy to get artificial intelligence to think like a human when it comes to audio. There's not anything that's really preceded what we've done that works similarly. And so we kind of had to go all the way back to the drawing board and figure out a way to do this from scratch. But now that we have it and it's scaling and it's being utilized by these services and growing in features, functions, and and scale, now the fun part starts, which is the creative side, which is that if you are a Napster or an iHeart or Peloton or others now, and you've integrated our technology, well, now we have the opportunity to sit back and go, okay, how do we actually make this thing sound amazing? How do we do some things that nobody's ever really done before? How do we take those techniques that have worked in radio, but make them more appropriate for the audience that's actually listening to it in digital? And that's the part that we are so excited about. Do you have any traditional radio stations that have adopted your technology in their actual broadcast? Not yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> it really seems to me, as, as you're describing this, I'm like, Boy, I could see some radio stations going, well, this is the replacement for the DJ. We can cut well, our costs, so, but we can still be creative and we can still have personality. I'm going to actually I'm going to counter that though with one thing, which is yes, it's true that 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 super hi-fi can replace today's traditional automation systems, right? All radio runs off of these automation systems, these linear radio programming automation systems like RCS's platforms. But and, and I believe that our system can do just as excellent a job, but do it automatically, make all the decisions for itself without having a single human intervening in the, in the production pipeline. Mm-hmm. Except without the humans, it's kind of hard to have a voice that talks to you. Without the humans, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to have news. Without the humans, it's hard to format the station so it sounds great and to come up with the creative energy that actually powers it. I right. actually don't. I don't think that super hi-fi is a replacement for the DJ. What I think is, is interesting and what we believe would ultimately happen is that super hi-fi is a supplemental tool for DJs to use to take care of some of the more basic production aspects that today take a lot of time but don't necessarily have any more value than the AI can deliver. But the voices yeah. are still needed. The creativity is still needed. The AI is not taking that over. We think that Super Hi-Fi ultimately comes a part, becomes a partnership tool for radio stations to be able to use to bring their vision to life more efficiently, but still using the same people they use today. Gotcha. Well, we've, we've got a, another minute. Where, where can people find you and find information about Super Hi-Fi? So the best place for us is either on our website at superhi-fi.com or on our LinkedIn page, which is where we do most of our social media communications. You know, Because we're a business-to-business service, we don't really do Facebook or Twitter. Um, but, you know, additionally, we, we you know, feel we, we have an info at, at superhifi.com and we answer all the emails that come through. And we'd love to keep having this conversation with others and with you guys. I'd love to keep it. Yeah. yeah, please. Absolutely. Because this, I, I, this is something I love. I love I, I love streaming services. I love radio. I love the personality. I love all of it. And I want to see how this evolves and I want to see how this gets utilized I want to listen to it. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's such a nascent world right now, and this seems like the next logical step to make it more engaging and to differentiate it. Uh, much much success to you, Zach. I, I hope this thing uh, blows up. It sounds super exciting. I I hope so as well. We're working on it diligently every day, and, and guys, I really really appreciate the time today. Thank you yeah. so much, Zach. Our pleasure, man. All Take right, care. Have a great one. All right. Bye. Cheers. Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value. Great reconnecting with Zach. I mean, both of us yeah. have had dealings with Zach in the past. Back in the day, yeah. Back, back, especially, I, I dealt with him when he was at, at Virgin Digital. I was talking yeah, to him too. about building a KISS radio station and yeah. um, how could we do that. So, uh, you know, and and as he just described Super Hi-Fi, boy, it's really got me intrigued. I, You know, yeah. I want to listen to this. Where can I go listen to this right now? I want to see how this Yeah, I, I want to hear it in action. And, it and makes sense, though, right? I want to feel it. I want to feel, yeah. you know, because, you know, we, 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 we were all talking about it. It's like, yeah, you know, when you go to a streaming service, it's just song to song to song. There might be an ad in there if you're on the free service. Right. But there's nothing to it. And and didn't have the time to chime in, but... When we were talking about how you know the seg the the segues between songs, boy, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we can all relate to you're listening to your favorite live album, but thank you streaming service, you put two seconds of of dead space between live tracks, and it's like, no, it's supposed it's to jarring. be jarring. It's supposed to be a continuous audience <laughs> scream into the next song I, and the next song. Another one of my pet peeves is like you pull up a live track from something you want to hear and you hear the tail end of the last song's applause. Yes. yes. Then maybe an announcement. And you know, this, his technology I'm positive will take care of a lot of those things. But, you know, I also see it as being like, there are certain either it's internet radio and even some terrestrial radio that is syndicated, that it's basically kind of a, a DJ in a can kind of thing. And, I can see this helping that. I can see it taking a, like when I listen to Apple Music or Spotify or Pandora or whatever, I'm not a big fan of those gaps. But also when you set that control, like from some of these DSPs, you can make it, the transitions overlap. Sometimes those don't really work either. That's too early and you're trying to listen to that last I tried to do that on Spotify where you can can do the, the cross fades between all songs. And I think after Tricky. about two days, I'm like, no, I'm turning this off because it yeah. it, it didn't work. Not based, based on my experience of listening to the the segues and the crossfades on radio, where you've got somebody with talent and skill hitting the post and and all this other. St- it's like, no, yeah, Spotify, you, have, you, you can't do it with just one algorithmic setting. You're you're missing it because all of a yeah. sudden you're only catching the last two seconds of this when you could have transitioned five seconds of this song but the next song only has one second so yeah they they, it it just never was able to to do it in a way that gave me a satisfactory experience i'm with you i think one of the things that's kind of underrated and smart speakers definitely get this is sometimes you just want to check in like what's the weather or you know is there anything major going on on a topic whether it's your sports team or politics or whatever it is how cool would it be as if whatever your service is is you're like 
you could control that. And then it's woven in just like a beautiful radio station that we grew up on. And you get that kind of fed in there. It's not shocking. It's not jarring. You know, some of the things from the smart speakers are going that direction and they sound amazing. Yeah, I was going to, I'm trying to find it because I can't remember what the name of it was. <laughs> but um, Spotify, a couple months ago, remember they launched a playlist that combined podcasts, podcasts. and news updates, yeah. short updates, four or five minutes, and then your Discover Weekly type of yeah. playlist where it'd be like yeah. four songs and then a news break. And, and I haven't listened to it in a while and I really should get back to it because there's no reason I. I did enjoy it. It's just so many well, playlists. I, mean, your to, I got so many or, playlists to yeah. choose from nowadays. But that's the attempt being made by digital streaming services to create this sort of thing. And yeah. it is a step in the right direction, but it's still very just cut and paste. It's like, okay, we're going to do four songs, then drop <laughs> right. this one in, four songs, drop that in. Two songs, drop that in, yeah. and and you know no real again no personality is added to it. Yeah, but doesn't this all seem like it's what's old is new again? First of all, we're in a track based economy, which is kind of like the fifties and sixties. Forty five singles, and, right? We're kind of back into that, and now we're it looks like we're coming full circle around where. We went from kind of downloads where we created all of our own little world to playlists where we're getting some things kind of fed to us, and it's more like radio. Now with this, it's really more of that immersive relationship you know, experience that we grew up on, not unlike it, a great you, FM radio station. You, you're, you're, you're exactly right. It is coming around, and uh, you know the reason it's coming around, no idea. I'm just happy it is because... You know, the, the the nice thing that radio has always been for me is it's it's a friend. You've got a, yeah. a, a companion, a voice that, yeah. you know, I, like when I would used to yeah. listen to morning radio, it was like it would wake me up at 6 a.m., but it's not yeah. because I was listening to it. Background it was just a nice ready. welcoming voice mm -hmm. that would talk to you and then a break and then a talk. You know, and, and I've said this before, this is kind of a, an aside, but... Um, Bob Coburn, rest in peace, to me had the most incredible, relaxing, comforting voice yeah. of a DJ. Yeah. Every time Rockline came on and it was Bob talking, it was just like, mm -hmm. oh, I feel yeah. like I'm home. I'm sitting in my lazy boy chair. I feel comfortable. And I think people are realizing they're missing that. Yeah, you're from not getting streaming that services. You're not right. getting a connection. You're not getting no. a warmth. You're not getting a comfort. You're getting, as I said, you're getting every single song that's perfect for you. And that's great because different experience. radio never did that. I mean, again, if anybody who grew up listening to radio, how many times did we say, Jesus Christ, do we have to listen to Stairway to Heaven one more time? There's more songs to Led Zeppelin than, than that. Right. How many times right. do we have to listen to Bruce Springsteen, The Doors? It's like right. there's deeper cuts. There's deeper artists. Radio didn't yeah. do that. Yeah, it will, and it also depends on your, your radio. I know I, I could bet money that you grew up on a station. I grew up on KGON 92FM in Portland, Oregon, and you know, started with me hiding under my covers, listening to it at night. So my parents, you know, didn't know. And I got to, I mean, for years, I, I, I basically went through high school 
um, and listened to those DJs and they were like rock stars no, to me. And like to you me. said yep. about Bob Coburn, you know, um, I, Iris Harrison and, you know, uh, all these people, Bob Anchetta, you know, I grew up with these voices, Gloria Johnson. I mean, they, they echo in my head because they, you know, they would play that music, but I felt like this connection. It was like when I had them on either on my radio or, you know, when I was getting ready, I felt like, you know, they're in the same room. Oh yeah. Was, you know, I, I have, I have such great memories growing up in Minnesota the Minnesota State Fair is is just massive. It's huge. It lasts for like mm-hmm. two weeks, and every radio station goes out there, and has got permanent houses built where they broadcast. And I have such great memories of going out there and sitting there and watching. My rock station was KQRS, mm-hmm. and so now I'm listening to it. But now I actually get to see the dj as he's doing that's a big deal and it got even better because between breaks they'd come out onto the patio to say hi to the audience throw albums out it's like you're right that was my rock star that's the person i've been listening to for five years daily Mm -hmm. in the morning at night driving to work coming home from work that's a big deal um yeah you know that and it wasn't about the music that's the key thing it wasn't about the music it was a about the person, the personality, the personality, what yep. they do between the songs is what yeah. it was all about. Yeah. Because again, yeah. I, I'll go home, even back then before streaming service, I'll go home and pull out all my vinyl and I'll play the music I want to hear. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and today, that's even more the case. We can get the yeah. music we want to hear. Radio is never going to be able to compete at that level. Just never. Right. But they've yeah. got that personality, which unfortunately but maybe they don't need to. Well, you know, I, maybe, I don't think they need. I don't think they need to. But it's sad because, as I said, over the decades here, as we know, radio is firing their personalities. The DJs are disappearing. They're going away. It's becoming an automated thing. It's becoming a national syndicated show. It's not local. There's something special about. As corny as it is, you know, uh, listening to the local DJ read the local news or, you know, run through the obituaries for your small town or whatever it is, you know, that was part of the fun was getting to know the community. And it was never about the music. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a personality, a character, a relationship. Yeah. It was powerful stuff. It, it was We're still the, talking about it, you know, 20, 30 years later. It, it, it was the connection they had th- with you. I, I, and I've said this at a couple radio conventions. I'm like, you know, in my mind, radio is sort of like the first social media, even though it was one talking to many, but you had connection to your audience And you could get feedback from your audience, request lines, Mm -hmm. call-ins, in-store appearances, whatever, you know, live events. Um, Sure. You know, it was social media. You were connecting to your fans. You were connecting to an audience. You were engaging with them. And I think that's still very important. I think that's what's being lost in radio. That's what's missing from streaming platforms. There's no engagement. Yeah. yeah, I love Spotify and the playlists, but that's because they got great technology doing it. Yeah. There's there's no real, I, you know, is there a, it's a good question. Is there, do I have brand loyalty 
to Spotify? And the answer probably is no. Because if somebody else comes along with the same technology, I can easily jump brands there. They, there's You're no not going to lose anything. I'm not going to lose anything because, as we've always said, they've all got the same 50 million songs. They've all got the same basic functionality. They've all got mobile apps. They've all got Alexa connections, yeah. all of that. But if it's technology that's just driving the song selection and somebody else gets that same technology, the brand loyalty is not important. Yeah. The brand loyalty comes with, and we've, you know, it, think Apple. Why are people so in love with Apple? I mean, God knows we swear about some of their technology quite a bit and their software and everything else. It's that, it's that special thing that you can't just define and write down that you have that connection. Yeah. How it's do aspirational, you know? I I, I remember brand. doing. Yeah. I remember going to a, a music event years ago and somebody was trying to explain this and they were like, think it about it this way. I'll mention two companies to you and just think about how you feel when you hear each company. Apple, Microsoft. What's your feeling? And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people like, Microsoft, my feeling is, oh my God, it's the blue screen of death. Oh, the thing crashes six times a day. Oh, the the 30-minute updates that just pop out of nowhere, you know, it's like it wasn't a good feeling. And then people would be like, Apple, I don't know, it just works. Ease of use. Ease of use. It's simple. It makes yeah. sense. And whether it's true or not, you know, there are Does, Microsoft products that that's uh, not the point. No, Perception's reality. That That's the whole point. It's not about it being true. That's why you can't specifically define these things. Yeah. It's a feeling. It's yeah. what that that name, that logo makes you feel when you see it or hear it. Do you feel happy and comfortable? Do you feel connected to them like they understand you? Or are you like, God, it's just a freaking tool and it's a pain in the ass? Yeah. I mean, Spotify is doing so many things right. Uh, you know, they just announced, you know, these songwriter pages, yes. which I think is awesome. And we've been talking about that with metadata people on the show before. And it's not just that it's, you know, their discover weekly and release radar and all of the different things that they're kind of ahead of the pack, not kind of, they are ahead of the pack, but eventually functionality, people catch up. It's the same 50 million tracks right now, whatever. But I think that what Super Hi-Fi is talking about, if one of these services were to engage with it, and maybe you could turn it off and on, and you could try it, I, I think that would be a compelling reason to use that service. I completely agree. That's a differentiating factor between two services. Because again, at the end of the day, yes, Spotify's got great back-end technology, algorithms running all this stuff, but somebody will just reverse engineer it and create their yeah. own version of it. And now you've got yeah, the same it, the same technology driving here and here. Now what's the differentiator? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um so quick uh quick shout out recap. Thank you to all of our sponsors every week. Thank you to Bruce and everybody at Hypebot. Thank you Bruce. Bands in town, Bandzoogle, Disc Makers, we appreciate everything all of you do to support the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. Um, I would encourage everybody who's watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, 
in the lower right corner of the screen. You'll never miss another episode. Head over to iTunes. Leave us a review and a rating. And if you're a Spotify listener to our podcast, and there's quite a few of them, it's one of our growing channels now, hit the follow button on the Music Biz Weekly podcast page on Spotify. Follow us. That way you'll never miss another one as well. Um, that's it. We've got guests lined up for months. Weeks. <laughs> yeah, long time. <laughs> long time. It's a um, good thing. It's a good thing. It is a good thing. Um, so that's it. Music Biz Weekly podcast. We are out of here. See everybody next week. <laughs>